0: What's going on, Coastal Community Church? How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ and I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're with us today as we are in a series called I Am. And man, I don't know about you guys, but I, God has been up to something in church I, and over the last couple of weeks. Uh like, like let, me, let me just say this, for everybody that's, that's been watching online and sitting at home instead of physically coming to church, there is something that has been happening in these rooms, whether it's here or it's in Lighthouse Point. The presence of God has been moving, and uh, the Spirit of God has been moving, and, and you don't get to experience all that sitting in your living room. You only get to experience that in this room. And, and I wanna encourage some of you guys that have been like, oh, I'm COVID. Listen, the Holy Spirit is bigger and better than COVID. And, uh, and, and uh, maybe you've gotten comfortable. It's time to get uncomfortable again and allow the, the Spirit of God to begin to move again in your life in some profound ways. And I wanna encourage you, get back to church. Get back to church. It's been way too long. It's time for you to come home. And I believe that God, in these moments, he he wants to do some things, and and he is on the move. And I don't really understand it. I'm just gonna be honest. I I don't know what he's doing or why he's doing it or why he chose this season. But there is a a expectation that I believe that is here. And, And when you come with an expectation, I believe that God looks at that and he goes, that's faith. And when we have faith, God shows up. And he works in mysterious and and experiential and transformative ways. And so so I wanna encourage us, church, to to come here every week with an expectation of, I'm not just gonna sing some songs and hear a message, but I'm going to have an encounter with God and I'm gonna be changed and transformed forever. Come on, church, can we get a better amen than that? (laughs) And so I'm excited that you're here with us, and I'm excited for you guys over in Lighthouse Point, and I, and I'm glad that you all that are at home watching online that you're joining us. I just want to encourage you to get into the house of God. And but we've been in a series called "I Am," and we've been studying some some some. Some different things out of the book of Romans, because I believe that we're in a day and an age where there is a lot of confusion, where there is a lot of identity problems going on. And I want us to really understand who God says we are and how we are to live based on who we are in Christ Jesus. And so we've gone through five different statements over the last couple of weeks. And I want to dive right in to this week, because we are in one of the the richest books of all of the Bible. Actually, particular chapter in this book of Romans chapter eight. We started it last week and we talked about how we, how we can have a a victorious life by being led by the spirit of God. And, and, and God wants us to be led by his spirit. And so today I want to, I want to finish chapter eight because we couldn't dive into all of it last week. And and so here's what I want us to to look at here today is starting in Romans chapter eight, starting in verse 31. If you wanna grab your Bibles and, and turn with me to Romans chapter eight or grab that worship God that's in front of you and go ahead and look at that. Here's what it says. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And then then why don't you say this verse with me on the count of three. One, two, three, four. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's good. That's a good verse right there. Like, in him, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I don't know about you, but that right there is a place that we should go, you know what, God? That is awesome that we are more conquerors and nothing is gonna separate us from your love. This is a place where I think as a church we should just give God some praise right now for who he is and what he's done. Come on, you can do better than that, church. Come on, a God that saved you, that transformed you. He's worthy of it all. And so so I wanna give us the title of today's message if you haven't figured it out because it's on the screen behind me. But if you're taking notes, if you're a little slow here today, (laughs) we're gonna be talking about I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. It says in verse 37, no, in all of these things, in every difficult season, in every season of loss, in every season of hardship, in every season of stress, in every good season of life, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I've read this phrase, in the past, this phrase has always bothered me a little bit. Because, because how can you be more than a conqueror? Like, I understand being a conqueror. Like, you conquer, you're a conqueror. But how do you actually become more than a conqueror? It's like when you were a kid and somebody's like, that's the best. And they're like, no, 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 that's the bestest of the bestest, right? Like, you're trying to one-up something else, and it's it's almost like the Apostle Paul here is trying to one-up, like, you're more than a conqueror. Like, a conqueror wasn't enough, and, and so this has always confused me a little bit, and I've always been like, like, what in the world is Paul trying to say, and, and I heard somebody say this a long time ago, and, and it changed my entire perspective on this verse. And I, I, I think it's an illustration that will help us out here today. So, so here is somebody that most of us have heard of. His name is King James, and, and he looks like this. It's LeBron James. And uh, a lot of people, especially in the younger generation, believe that he is the greatest basketball player of all time. Now, all of us that are a little bit older that actually saw the greatest basketball player of all time know that there's only one goat when it comes to basketball, and that is Michael Jordan. Can I get an amen? Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay. But King James is, is, is pretty impressive. In fact, let me give you some stats over the last 20 years of him being in the NBA, in the last 20 years, he has been named to the All-Star Game 19 times, which is more than any other player in the history of the NBA. He's won two gold medals at the Olympics. He's competed in 10 NBA finals and has won the NBA championship four times, while also live winning the MVP honors of the finals four times as well. He holds the record for the most points scored in the playoffs last year he actually achieved beating Kareem Abdul De... Yeah that guy He actually surpassed him as the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. Last year, he hit his 2,261 three-pointer in a game which puts him ninth all-time on the list and he is actually the first NBA player while playing in the NBA to surpass a billion dollars in net worth. We can all agree that he's a champion and he's conquered a little bit. Can we, can we give it up? For, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, he has conquered just a little bit. But what's interesting is, is as much as he has conquered, he is not more than a conqueror. You want to know who is more than a conqueror? Here's who is more than a conqueror. The James family. And let me explain this because here, here's what a conqueror is. A conqueror does the work and they get the reward. So he put in the time, he put in the effort, he put in the sweat equity, he went to the gym every day, he scored all the points, he won all the championships, he put in the work and he got the reward, but a more than conqueror, here's what a more than conqueror does, they do no work, but because of relationship, they get the reward. So LeBron put in all of the work, but his kids and his wife, they get all the rewards. Look at who's holding the Aspie Award, not LeBron. It's his daughter. What? She's got all the benefits and the perks that come from LeBron being a conqueror. And I wanna to talk to some Christians here today That when it comes to your salvation and your sanctification and when it comes to your past and to your potential that God has for your life, I want you to know that you're not the one that has to do the work, that you're not the one that has to acquire your salvation, that you're not the one that has to earn this because you are not the conqueror. The conqueror came 2,000 years ago. He lived a sinless life. He died a brutal death on the cross of Calvary. He rose three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is our conqueror. He was victorious. He was the one who actually conquered. So that's why Paul says he is our conqueror. And the perk that we get from Jesus being our conqueror and us being in relationship with him is we get to become more than conquerors and we get all the benefits of what the conqueror did without doing any of the work. And that's a good thing right there for all of us who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 15 says it like this. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. Like, it's not of your effort, it's not of your your value, it's not of your work, no, 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 thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I wanna present to you today a case for how you can live as a more than conqueror and it isn't because of what you have done, but it's because of what Jesus has already done for you. And here's what I know. I know some of you guys are going, well, I don't feel like a conqueror. I don't even act like a conqueror. I don't feel very victorious in my life, and, and many times we have some issues in our life, we have some addictions in our lives. we have some attitudes, and we have some reactions, and, and maybe that's where you find yourself here today, and, and I know that I'm preaching to a bunch of people, whether you're watching in Lighthouse Point, or you're right here in Parkland, where it's so easy to act and feel like I'm not victorious, and I get it, but here's what you need to know. Being attacked is inevitable. Like it's inevitable in life, you are going to face some attacks in life. And I want you to know that when the attacks come, you are more than a conqueror. But here's what you need to know. But being defeated is unacceptable. Like you're going to face some attacks. That's inevitable. But being defeated, that is unacceptable for us because we already have the work done by Jesus Christ and we don't have to settle for anything less than God's best for our lives. And too many Christians are walking around with a victim mentality. Come on now. And we get stuck because, oh, you don't know my past, or, or because of somebody that said something over you 10 years ago that you've never let go of. Or you go, well, I've got this, this sin issue in my life that's right here and it keeps rearing its ugly head, or you're living in opposition to who God actually says you are. And God says you are more than a conqueror. And so we have to understand who we are because we have a new identity in Christ Jesus and we are no longer victims of our circumstances and it's time for some of us to stop playing the victim mentality and I know what had happened to you was bad and it was terrible but you don't have to be a victim any longer but you can actually walk in victory because of the cross of Jesus Christ. You've got a new identity you've got a new value and you are actually more Than a conqueror. And so, Paul, right here in this passage, he actually, uh, I I love the Bible because the Bible is so brilliant. And God is so brilliant. He, right here, he, he goes and he he proposes four questions for us that I think are very challenging for us today. If we're going to be a more than conqueror in our lives, and, and when you're going up against the attack and the difficulty, and you're dealing with the slump in your life, these are some questions we should ask ourselves. So four questions we need to ask ourselves, they come straight out of Scripture, starting in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says, what then shall... we say in response to these things, and here's the question. If God is for us, who can be against us? Here's the first question. It's the opposition question. It's the opposition question. Like, I don't know if you realize it, but you have a real enemy that is coming against you in life. And the greatest war tactic you can have is to not just know yourself, but actually know your enemy. Because I don't know about you, but when I pick a fight with somebody, I actually wanna know who I'm fighting. Like, I don't wanna go pick a fight with somebody that's actually an MMA fighter, because I know that there is no hope of winning that fight with me. Like, I wanna do some homework. I wanna know who it is I'm fighting, what kind of weapons they have. I wanna know ahead of time, do I have an ability to win this fight or am I gonna get my butt kicked? And so let me help you identify who your enemy is. Here is some of our opposition, our flesh. The flesh is our opposition. Like, your flesh is not your friend. And we need to understand this because we live in a culture that tells us constantly, do whatever feels good. Oh, it just feels good. And we're constantly bombarded and surrounded by a world that tells us, "Go, go with your feelings. And here's what I know, if you feed your feelings, it'll end up killing you. Like your feelings should never be your guide in life. And, and, and we know this, I, I have, I have, here let me, let me just give you an example. Like I have, I have a donut here and I have a carrot. <laughs> Let's be honest, my feelings never tell me to eat the carrot. If your feelings tell you to eat the carrot, we have a place called The Hub after service. (laughs) We'll lay hands on you and pray for you and uh, like, no, 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 I crave the donut, why? Because it's sugar. It's delicious. But here's what I know, when I eat this, an hour later, you know how I feel? Terrible. Why, because I got a sugar high And then I got a sugar crash. Why? Because our feelings don't lead us to life. They actually take us to the wrong thing. You actually end up worse than when you started. And you and I have got to understand that our flesh is not our friend. Like our flesh is is not trying to help us. And we've got to live in such a way that we realize that we aren't called to maintain our flesh. We aren't called to... Feed our flesh. We're actually called to crucify our flesh. We are to put it to death. And way too many of us, we are entertaining our flesh. And then we end up beat up and beat down and depressed. And we wonder why we're not living God's best for our life. And it's because whatever you feed in your life is going to grow and whatever you starve is going to die. And we need to choose to starve our flesh and feed our spirit, And let me just tell you, your spirit and your flesh are in opposition. So, So let me give you another opposition. Here it is. It's the devil. There is a spiritual world that is real. Like there is an actual devil and he isn't red walking around with a pitchfork and a and a a tail behind his legs and I love that Hollywood likes to sensationalize him and make it cute and make it like oh it's no big deal but there is a real enemy of your soul and he's known as the tempter he's known as the deceiver and he is working over time to try to take you out And the reason he's working that hard is because he knows something about you that you haven't realized about yourself. But you should know about yourself. There is unlimited potential and destiny on your life, and because of that, there is an assault on your life because he does not want you to fulfill that. And and listen, if he can't stop you, here's what he's gonna do. He's gonna distract you. Because he can't mess with your salvation, but he can mess with your significance. And there are so many of us that are not walking in significance because we're getting attacked by the enemy and what's happening is we're believing his lies and we're being deceived and at some point we gotta get the tenacity and the audacity to begin to rebuke the devourer from trying to steal, kill, and destroy our life. You gotta go get behind me, Satan. Some of y'all are like, TJ is going really spiritual because the spiritual realm is real. And a lot of us think we're just playing, but the enemy isn't playing. He's on an all out assault on your life, but if you don't know your enemy, he will take you out every single time. And every single one of us, we need two massive victories in our life. And the first victory is when you put your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ, and if you've never done that, you'll have the opportunity to do that at the end of this service. The second is when you stop believing the lies of the enemy. It's the victory that you need. Here's the the third opposition, it's the world. The world is our culture, it's our society, and we've gotta not let it win. And I don't know if you've noticed it, but our world and our society and our culture, it continues to swirl down the toilet. I mean, we're getting indoctrinated with sexuality and gender confusion. We're diminishing the value of marriage. We're making church and faith a joke. And we are not, we aren't to be transformed so we can blend into the world, but we are to be transformed so we can be different than the world. Like, some of us, our problem is is we're so much like the world that we can have no impact on it. Like, the world is not our friend in this scenario. And listen, I'm just gonna let you know, we're not trying to be the cool church here. Like, I've given up on trying to be the cool church. I wanna be the church of Jesus Christ. Like, I'm not trying to be a hip church. I'm trying to be a church that's holy before our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. And that's a different call. And some of y'all are like, that seems overwhelming. It is, but here's what I know. The struggle seems great, but our Savior is greater. Like, and you might be struggling right now, but you've got something that's bigger, that's stronger, that's a conqueror in your life that is calling you to be more than a conqueror. So when you feel attacked, and whether it's the flesh or the devil or the world, if God is for us, who can be against us? And you and I, we've gotta understand that there is an enemy that is at work, and I'm not, a, I'm not naive to know that he is real and he is there, but there is a God of the universe that has got your back and he's got my back and he's bigger than anything that's coming my way, and so I'm gonna lift up my head because I know I have victory already through him. It says this in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse four, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. You notice how personal that is? There's a lot of yous and yours. Why? Because God is a personal God. He sees your situation. He sees your circumstances. He sees your battle. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And the answer is nobody. You are more than a conqueror. Here's a second question in verse 32. It says this, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Now this is a crucial question. The first question was the opposition question. The second question is the provision question. Like, how am I gonna pay for this? Come on, that's a real question in life, isn't it? Like, how am I going to survive this? Like, Shayla and I just went and did a little getaway a couple weeks ago. We were doing some strategic planning, and sometimes it's, it's best to get away and do that. And part of that, that time while we were away is, is we, we had gone and met with a lawyer about our future and, and about putting, setting ourselves up for the future when it comes to our retirement and being People that have no biological children. We have nobody to take care of us. and we So we had to start answering some really, really hard questions like, who's going to take care of you when you're old and you can't make decisions? I'm like, I don't know. And then I was like, that's probably gonna be expensive. I was like, who's gonna pay for that? Like, you know, like you start asking yourself some of those important questions in life and you go, I better start making a plan for this and I better get some insight in this. And, and here's what I know is that when you're in the middle of a battle or one of those attacks and, and you go, man, God, are you gonna come through in this situation? Like, is God not gonna provide for you in that moment? And, and, and like in those moments, it's overwhelming, isn't it? And I think about this story of Abraham in the Old Testament of him climbing up the mountain of God to take his son Isaac to sacrifice him. And he finally gets up to the mountain and the son goes, dad, where's the sacrifice? And he goes, God will provide. And he ties his son up on the altar and he grabs a knife and he raises it above his head. And as he begins to come down, the Bible says an angel of the Lord came and said, stop. And he looked over and there was a ram caught in the thicket. And in that moment, Abraham calls out a name of God. In Genesis twenty-two fourteen, 14, he says, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. It's the name of God to remind you that when you're experiencing lack and when you have what just doesn't seem like it's enough, it's to remind you that God says that I am a provider. I have a God that if I'm put in this situation, I'm going to trust Him in this moment that He is still Jehovah Jireh and that He will provide all of my needs according to His riches and glory. And so, God, Paul gives us a description. He says, "Man, if He won't, if He gave us a." son like if he gave us his son like this is the bigger sacrifice like like it's the greater provision in life. The greater provision for all of us is our salvation. What he's doing is he's giving us an argument of greater to lesser. He's saying, if God has given us the greater provision, will he not logically give us the, greater, the lesser provision? Like, if God has provided his son as the ultimate sacrifice for our salvation and for all of eternity, will he not take care of the lesser thing? And the lesser provision is our stuff and our satisfaction. And so when you're going through life and you're looking at it and you're going, man, how is God going to do this? Well, if God is taking care of my salvation, don't you think he can handle my stuff? Don't, won't he take care of my earthly needs? That's why we love verses like Philippians 4 19. And my God will meet all of your needs. Notice he did not say wants. Big difference between needs and wants. Well, I want a Bentley with 22s. Well, you got a Yugo with some gas in it. It's what you need right now. Because he's a provider of his glory in Christ Jesus. And that's good news for us today. Because he is the ultimate provider Here's the third question, Romans eight thirty three, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? And we have to talk about this for a second because this is the battle in our mind. And a lot of us, this is where we battle, man. We go, man, I can't get free. I I can't overcome this thing, I'm unqualified, I'm not talented enough, I don't have the education, I don't have the experience, I'm single, I'm married, I'm old, I'm young. We, We come up with all the reasons why we can't. And here's the question, number three, it's the accusation question. And let's be real, when God asks us to do something or to step out or to Fight a battle. There is always the accusation, and all of us have accusations, and they all look different based on who we are and how we grew up and what somebody said to us and what somebody did to us. And and, and that question comes out, and you're going, you're going, well, God, God, I know you want me to lead a connect group. God, I, I know, I know, you want me to step out and go to next steps. So you want me to step out in faith. And in that moment, the accusation begins to rise up and says, No, 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 you can't do that. You're not qualified. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. No. Nobody likes you. And, and, and what's happening is the enemy of your soul is trying to distract you from your future. He's bringing deception and he's accusing you right now so you don't get focused on living in your future but get stuck in your past. And I think the enemy's ultimate goal is to keep all of us looking in our rear view mirror. Because the longer we focus on things back there, the more we miss out on what God is trying to do right here and how he wants to move us forward into our future. Satan's called two different things in the scriptures. He's called the father of loss and the accuser of the brothers and sisters. He's a liar and he's an accuser. Those are his two main tactics. And I wanna expose the enemy. Because he wants to deceive you and he wants to bring up your past. Because he wants to tell you how bad you screwed up and how there is no hope for your future. And if he can get you stuck there, he'll keep you there. Because if he can't destroy you, he'll distract you. And if he can't take out your salvation, he will come up against your significance. And he can't mess with your ultimate victory, so he'll get you stuck thinking you're a victim now. That's why 2 Corinthians says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen, church, you're not your issues. You're not your past, you're not your failures, you're not walking around as a victim. You're actually walking around as the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And I know it's difficult to feel that way, but that's why Paul says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, also interceding for us. Look at what God is doing. He isn't talking bad about you, about your past. He's looking forward for you, interceding on behalf for your future. Because he hasn't called you just to live in what he's done. He's called you to live as more than a conqueror through his son. Here's the fourth question real quick. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? This is the most important question. It's the love question. The love question is, is, does God love us? And Paul addresses this, because I think we've all asked this question, like, God, do you really love me? Like, I know me, and I struggle to love me. Verse 35, he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, And all those moments where there's difficulty happening, it's really easy to ask in that moment, does God really love? And here's what I've learned. My love for God isn't contingent on what he continues to do for me and so many of us, here's here's how we think, If, if life is going good God must love me, if I'm having some difficulty in life, God must not love me, he must not approve of me but here's the deal, my love for God isn't contingent on what he continues to do for me but is constant because of what he did for me on the cross of Calvary God has already shown me his love by giving the greatest and perfect sacrifice that I should no longer perish but I should actually have everlasting life. He already showed the greatest version of love that's possible, that's out there. And so I look at the cross. When I don't feel love, all I have to do is look at the cross and I know that I'm loved. And I'm confident because of the sacrifice that he gave for me. Verse 38, he says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Church, we need to feel that because God really loves you. God's love for you isn't based on feelings, but is based on facts. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't go with how he felt. Because he's like, Father, if you can take this cup from me, that would be awesome. But he went with facts. He said, I love him this much that I'll give everything. A couple of years ago, in June of 2019, we lost our uh, foster son that we, we thought we were going to adopt. And I remember as he went back to his, his dad's house, we knew that his dad was going to struggle just making ends meet with a, with a toddler and the life that he had. And so every month we, we knew around the 13th of the month we needed to give him a phone call and just go hey do you do you need anything you need some diapers you need some food and and like clockwork he's like oh man that would be great you know and so and so every month i i I, shayla or i typically both of us we would drive down and we'd deliver some groceries and diapers and wipes and all these things and i remember one uh one month it got it got to that point and and I remember driving down there to, to bring him some things and it was a Thursday afternoon and, and when I got to their little efficiency, I remember knocking on the door and his dad, Michael, opens the door and uh, he's dripping in sweat and, and I look over and Alexander is just in his diaper and he's, his hair is all matted down and he's dripping in sweat and it's the middle of summer. And their AC had gone out and their little efficiency. Now, mind you, it is a 45 minute to an hour drive to the house where he lives from where I live. It's like the opposite end of Broward County. And I remember the moment I walked in there to to give them groceries, I was like, hey, what's what's going on? And they're like, man, we we called our landlord. He's not doing anything. I was like, I'm gonna fix this. That's my son right there. Like he's he's miserable. I was like, he he's like, he hasn't slept in over 24 hours. I was like, that's gonna end right now. I said, give me that landlord's phone number. And I said, I got a I got an AC unit back in my house, that one of the portable ones, because we live in Florida and there's hurricane season. Come on, somebody. You need that right when the power goes out. Like I'm like, I'm like I'll drive back home. I remember driving back home. I'm like, Shayla, hey, get that portable AC, find it in the garage. I'm gonna go grab that thing. I'm gonna turn right back around. I remember grabbing that thing, turn back around. I'm calling the landlord. I'm like, hey, I know you could tell him. You don't care. You're going to come next Tuesday or Wednesday. But you're not dealing with somebody that doesn't know what they're going on. You're dealing with that boy's father right now. And I'm telling you what, you're going to get that AC fixed, ASAP, or you're going to have a lawyer on your butt ASAP. Like, you're not going to be some slumlord for my child. I will kick your leg. And I remember going down there and I, they, they, don't, they don't have a clue. I go in there, I'm like, I'm gonna set this thing up. I set up the AC, I get it. I, 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 I actually break one of the windows to get it in there to put it in. I'm like, I don't care that it's screwed in. My boy needs some AC. It's 97 degrees in this place. And, and, and I remember getting that AC on and like the moment that AC on, Alexander just went and stood in front of it like this. He's like. I remember giving him a hug and going, buddy, I love you. And I remember walking out of there in 15 minutes. His dad texted me a picture of him passed out asleep for the first time in his crib, getting the rest that he needs. And, I, and, and, and I, th- I think about that moment because I think about how much do I love my son that I would drive multiple hours back and forth just to get him some AC. And I think about that and I think about how much I love that child and and, 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 and I don't even think that that's like an ounce of how much God loves you and I. Like I don't even think we can fathom how deep and how wide and how far and how high our God's love for us and we have a heavenly father that will go to the ends of the earth for you to meet you wherever you are that there is nothing that can separate you from his love. That he is more than a conqueror, no matter what situation you're, he's the conqueror so that you and I can actually be more than conquerors. And we have to know who our enemy is and we have to understand his tactics so that we can come against him. And we can know, if we know who our enemy is, we can know how great our love of our God is. And God loves you so much that First John 4, 9 says this. This is how God showed his love among us. That he sent his one and only son into the world. That we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, that he first loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Since God loved us so, we should love one another. Church, You're not the conqueror. But today, you can be more than a conqueror. You can get all the benefits of the conqueror by understanding and being in relationship with a God that loves you more than you could ever fathom in life. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we're so thankful for your love. A love that extends beyond our even grasp or understanding. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, while we were messed up, while we were jacked up, while we were in the middle of our battles and our struggles that you gave your son. So that none of us should perish but all of us should experience eternal life, that we should experience a victory because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. And maybe you're out there today and you've never experienced the love of God. Like how I'm talking about, I'm not talking about rules, I'm not talking about religion, I'm not talking about membership at church, I'm talking about a God that loves you. So much that he gave the greatest gift, the gift of his son. And maybe you need to experience that love for the first time. Not just so that you can conquer things, so that you can know the one who's already conquered it so that you can live as more than a conqueror in life. And that, be, that happens through a simple yet significant prayer of recognizing the lordship of Jesus Christ and surrendering your will and your way to him. And maybe today you need to do that for the first time or the first time in a long time. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just slip your hand up with the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. Whether you're watching online, Lighthouse Point right here in Parkland, if that's you on the count of three, one, two, three, go ahead and slip your hand up. I'd love to pray with you. Go ahead and slip it up. Thank you. Who else? Yes, I see you up there, thank you. Who else? Yes, I see you back there, thank you. Anybody else? If you'll just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you for loving me with an everlasting love, for giving the greatest gift, the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. God, I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present and secure my future. God, I surrender my will and my way. God, save me, change me, transform me. I am yours. I choose to live for you all the days of my life. Thank you for loving me. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said.